nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and we are uh, on the show of Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing. Uh, And it is a beautiful Monday here in Minnesota, so I am really happy to be doing the show. We we had a, a snowstorm last week. Um, so I wanted to tell you this, the show that we're going to have today, this is about the African Nurses Network and the person who uh, founded that network. And so I just want to start by saying, as you know, I am a great advocate of immigrants. They come to us filled with hope, courage, and great promise. They are determined to do whatever they can to learn, become part of our salad bowl that we talk about in the United States, and to contribute their ideas, culture, and their unbeatable optimism. Today's show is called the African Nurses Network, and we're privileged to be here with Lena Nyamwaye from Kenya, Uh, originally, and she has much to share about her journey to the United States and her journey of discovery as she began to educate herself, connect to the citizens here, and reach out to other African nurses to assist them on their journeys. So I'm really happy to welcome Lena Nyamwaye. Thank you for having me, Lena. You are so welcome. Um, Why don't you tell us just a little bit about your nursing journey? what, what kind of progress you did, how you got started, and your progress in it? I would love to. Um, I came to the States in the mid-90s um, after graduating high school in Kenya. I was raised by strong parents, and they sent me here for um, educational opportunities. I was actually raised by a single mother and a grandmother, so mm-hmm. strong African women. Um, but I came for educational opportunities. Can you believe I came to do electrical engineering? No, I can't, (laughs) except that I have one other friend that is a nurse who went through electrical engineering, and it just amazes me that that would be the same thing for you. Yeah, so then um, I was good at sciences and um, math, so I did some generals in Illinois, and um, for some reason, God had nursing for me, or nursing was made for me, I should say, I was made for nursing. Um, I, um, the school that I was going to, bought a new LPN program. And so because I'd already had the sciences, the biology and the medical ethics and the math, I was able to kind of slide into the LPN program. But prior to that, actually, I was um, I was working in a local city. And as a new immigrant international student, I started out in laundry. And I used to see the nursing assistants, you know, taking care of the elderly patients um, and the residents. And I really, truly admired that. So I thought, hmm, one day I'd like to do that instead of what I'm doing. I liked what I was doing, but I kind of befriended them. And as God has it, I, um, my mom got ill or she fell and had an accident. So her spine, the last bone on the spine was pushing into the brain, which kind of makes her paralyzed or semi-paralyzed. So that means my financial support was cut short. I had to kind of work to support myself in the process. Um, 
um, she was able to, through a long process, come to the States and get medical treatment. And that allowed me to spend a lot of time at the bedside. I saw what the nurses did, and that really drew me into nursing. And so I really wanted to do what those nursing assistants and nurses were doing. One of the girls mentored me into a nursing pro, like a nursing assistant program, referred me to a local nursing home that trained nursing assistants. So I started out as an NA nursing assistant. And then they trained us and I went and did um, a certification in the local city to become a CNA or RNA, registered nursing assistant. Mm -hmm. Back then is what they called it. I love learning. I think I'm a lifelong learner, if you remember that from Metro. I um, then was able to slide into the LPN program because I was already a CNA. And that was like a year long. Um, so I graduated as an LPN and I wanted to do more. And then I went back and um, did what they called a bridge program or mobility program from LPN into RN. Great. So I did my two-year RN, but by that time I'd met my boyfriend then, my fiancé, and moved to Minnesota. So then I did um, the RN program at um, North Hennepin Community College locally here. And um, so from there, I graduated and I worked, and I still felt like I could do more. And that's the beauty of nursing. You can always advance. You can always do something else. It's very broad. So then I registered in the university to do uh, the bachelor's program. And that's how I ended up at Metro State University and graduated there as the Outstanding Student of the Year in 2009. Good for you, because when we were talking about it, um, I realized we had both gone to Metro State University. And I also graduated as an Outstanding Student about 22 years earlier. So so many coincidences. It always so amazes many. me. Even when you meet a complete stranger, stranger. from the other side of the world, yes. you still have connections. A lot in common. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So so interesting. Yes. So then you had been working um, as an RN, mm-hmm. and how did you decide to go further? So as I said, nursing is so broad, and it has so many opportunities. So great opportunities. You know, from clinical nursing to education, academics to insurance or, or, or reimbursement or Medicare. And I thought, you know, I, I would love to do more, to know more. You know, you always have questions at the bedside and you always have questions when you're taking care of your patients. And why not go to the highest level? I felt like I was blessed um, to learn fast. Um, and so why not? So Metro State had actually introduced the first um, uh, doctorate program, which you bridge from the bachelor's mm-hmm. to doctorate. And so I registered for that, and that's why I decided to go back there. And I felt as a doctor-prepared nurse, you have more knowledge and you have more autonomy to implement change, Mm -hmm. change of systems, change of the medical care, change of um, providing more like even running a mission trip, things that matter in my life or that I'm passionate about. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And we we had a woman on here uh, a few months ago that had been on a mission ship. And so she talked about that and also what the connections are in Minnesota for people who help nurses to be able to do like that, that, which is really great. Um, so there again, we have a connection because that master's to um, uh, doctorate program started the year I graduated. Is that right? It was starting that next fall. I did not And I really, uh, I thought about it a little bit, but at that time uh, I had some physical problems and wasn't able to do that. Yeah, you can always go back and do that. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I am 63, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Right. But so tell me more about the doctorate program. Where are you at with that? And how is that making a difference in what you're doing? So I started that and um, a lot happened then. Okay, so my first year, we did what we call population health or a graduate course that um, in epidemi- epidemiology, community nursing, we had to compare different communities um, and learned about disparities. Um, I know we did that in a bachelor's program, but it was very light, not as detailed. But having done that for my graduate course um, in uh, biostatistics and kind of comparing, I felt like there was a need to support the community, to help others who are less privileged, like myself, um, to kind of not give them a hand off, but a hand up. And why not create change while we can? And so for me, that's kind of, um, then at the same time, I was actually pregnant with my little one and I got really sick. So the doctor had to give me a choice, like, do you want to go on with the stress of school or have the baby and then go back? So while I took off time, you know, choosing to raise the family and take care of the baby, um, I then thought of, okay, how can I create change while I'm at home? And that's when I decided to create the Facebook page to kind of talk about issues and the disparities and things like that. And I called the African Nurses Network. At that time, I was a member of the American Nurses Association. I'd been a member of the Minnesota Nurses Association, but I felt there was something missing, a gap. Like who takes care of the immigrants and refugees? Who knows our stories? So I felt like it was time for us to kind of create a platform mm-hmm. for sharing our story. And mm-hmm. that's really how communications and relationships happen, by sharing our stories. So is it open for all immigrants yes. or just African immigrants? It's actually open for all people now because wow. it's a global outlook. Yeah. It's, if you support an immigrant or believe in their story mm-hmm. or find that you have something, you can mentor. Yes. So we open it to all. But it's really the goal is to raise the underserved, mm-hmm. uh, support provide resources for yeah. the serve um, in our communities. I teach a class for RNs returning to nursing, yeah. and I just started a new class, <clears throat> excuse me, on Saturday, and I have a Filipino nurse. Is in, that right? In that yeah. uh, class, and it's been, you know, she had um, some challenges. Yes. It was 20 plus years ago, so not the help that you're providing. Yeah. So, um Talk a little bit more. Well, actually, before we move on, I wanted to know, uh, share a little bit more about your mom and the problems that she had and what you were able to do to help her. So my mom was a single mom um, in Kenya, and but she was a teacher. So she believed in education. Um, she had a strong mother who was my grandmother who supported her. My grandpa passed before I was born, so I never really saw him or met him. But my grandma worked very closely with my mom in making sure we got an education, especially growing up in an African village where you had, um, you know, boys kind of had more value than girls, if I can say that. Girls Worldwide. Be seen. And still do. Yeah, yeah. So I felt that I was very privileged and very um, blessed to have parents who believed in girls and saw the value of their daughters to just give them the best. So I was sent to actually one of the best schools, um, but in Kenya, there's a system. So it's you go to school after high for high school, you go to school based on merit. So like your academic performance. Mm. So if you're really smart, you go to like what they call the national school, which is where like the uh, smart kids go. And then based on different performance of the standardized testing, I'm not sure how accurate that is now that I look back. <laughs> but um, I was able to do really well on my class eight, which is eighth grade exam. 
And so I was admitted to one of the best schools by the Loreto nuns from Ireland. Interesting. Yeah. So huh. they had a school called the Loreto High School Convent for girls. And that's why I went. So I was taught by the Irish sisters in Nairobi, Limuru. And they... Um, they had the best, actually, mentoring system. I was going to say, talk about strong women. Mm-hmm. My background is Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that connection again. Yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah. So, many. so that's how I was able to go to the really, really good schools and perform well. And we had a lot of support as far as teaching us outside the world, outside world or a global outlook on life. Uh, from there, after high school, I really, really wanted to do medicine or something in engineering. So I was admitted to the States through a friend, my mom's connection of friends and an uncle. Um, and I got admitted to a university here. Now, given you were asking about my mom, so my mom was supposed to be providing for my education, but she felt sick. And that's kind of how she, um, I had to network for her to come to the States to get treatment. Yeah, you can keep saying more about it. We've got a couple minutes yet to break, but okay. I just wanted you to know <clears throat> it is coming up. Okay. okay. So then um, through talking to my professor of biology, I was able to get connections to a local university hospital. And I just drove there blindly. You can remember in the 90s, there was really no GPS or cell phone. But by blessing again, miraculously, I was able to get the right um, connections and meet someone miraculously who took on my mom's case. And I always talk about that, and we can talk more about it, because I love to share about, even though we are so far apart, Mm -hmm. compassion is boundless. It has no boundaries. Well, I sure hope it keeps growing. Right? We need it. We need it. We really need it. (laughs) I agree. And nurses seem to have it in in so much abundance. Yes. 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 It's so effortless and natural, Mm -hmm. and you hope that you're that nurse that has a lot of compassion to impact the world. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really grateful for those opportunities. Okay. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a break here then, and um, we'll come back and we'll have a little bit more time to talk about that and then talk about the nurses, uh, the African Nurses Network. I would like that. So um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. I'm Leanne Meyer, your host. I'm here with Lena Nyamwaye, and I'm very happy to be here with her. I think I have a new friend, I new like best that. friend. Um <laughs> So we will take a little break here, and we will be back in a couple of minutes. Thank you. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has a mobile app for iOS, Android, or Amazon Kindle. Visit the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. 
Talk. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back. This is Leanne Meyer. And um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm here today with Lena Nyamwaye, and she's going to tell us a, a fantastic story about how she was able to help her mother just by being here in the United States. And then we're going to talk about the African Nurses Network. So I'm hoping that anybody who um, has some stories or has been involved with that um, development uh, will give us a call in about five minutes or so. Okay. Um, So, again, thank you, Leanne, for having me. It's a pleasure being here, especially talking to another nurse. That's totally positive energy. Um, So my mom, like I said, was um, a single mom who felt sick. Um, She had high blood pressure, and it dropped. So she fell, and then her last bone on the spine pushed into the brain. Kind of the first bone, Yes, it's called the odontic process, yes. So that pushed into the spine. And when that happens, usually most people get paralyzed. So she could not walk. She lost balance. She was wheelchair bound. Um, Now, in Kenya, the healthcare system is not America. It's a third world country. Um, There is a hospital for the elite. um, But however, that time she could not afford it. She was a simple teacher with educating her children. Um, So I spoke, actually, I don't know where I got this insight. And I reached out to my anatomy and physiology professor at the time, I remember Professor Graham, and I said, um, my mom is sick. She's all I have. How can you help me? And uh, um, he said, well, I'm just a biology teacher. I don't know. But if you go to the local hospital, maybe they'll have an answer for you. At that time, I requested um, imaging or whatever information they had from Nairobi, where she was getting treatment at, at the major hospital, actually, Nairobi, Kenyatta Hospital. And stuff was shipped over. Now, remember, this is in the 90s. They used to mail stuff. Oh, yeah. So it takes a while. Sure. It took a few weeks, but um, I think Express Mail got here in a week or so. And I took that stuff 
And um, I remember my uncle at the time who lived around there in Illinois with me um, called that local hospital to find out which hospital had a neurology department. So I got the help there. And I drove to University of Madison, University of Wisconsin, Madison, mm -hmm. without a GPS, without a phone. I kind of brag a little bit about <laughs> being a human GPS because I never got lost. <laughs> I drove right into the hospital, followed the exits, and I got there. But thank God, anyway, I went and requested the receptionist. Those days, people were trusting. It's not like now. Um, there wasn't any bombings or things happening. So people were trusting and they referred me to the neurology department. And as soon as I walked in, there was a, the, it happened that the chair or the president of the neurology department, the head was there, the director. And I just had my brown envelope of the CT scans and imaging from Nairobi. And I said, um, my name is Lena. I'm a, a foreign student here, but my mom is sick. I don't know. I need help. I need someone to help her. So he took that stuff. He, he looked at me strange, like, how did you get here? I said, I just wanted to find any neurologist who can help my mom. Actually, neurosurgeon, because that was a neurosurgery department. Put the imaging up on the glass scanner, whatever they used to look at um, scans. And he said, oh, he understood because he could interpret it. But he walked from there to the window with his hand on his chin, like in deep thought, just wondering, like, what is he going to do? He came back to his desk, sat down, and then he looked at me and he said, your mother is not a U.S. citizen. Your mother does not live here. I don't know how to help you. But I could see that he was troubled. And I just sat there. I didn't say a word. I just, I just commented that my mom is all I got. I just need someone to help me. And he made a phone call. I don't know who he called. He never told me who he called. But from that phone call, whoever he spoke with, after maybe two, three minutes, he came back and he said to me, um, if your mother can get here or you can guarantee, um, we can guarantee that um, he, she can be in the United States, then we can take her case. But someone has to guarantee her financial, uh, be the financial guarantor from Nairobi or from Kenya. So my uncle was uh, doing well at the time, a friend, a cousin of my mom, and he guaranteed her to come. And she came on a medical visa. Mm -hmm. When I went to pick my mom in Chicago, she was in a wheelchair, and that was not the vision of the picture that I left back home. I was heartbroken, but I was happy she's here. And we came back to where we lived, Rockford, Illinois, um, and then waiting to take her to that hospital the next Monday. When we got there, no, before I went there that Monday or Tuesday, on Monday, yeah. when we called, we were told that that neurosurgeon is no longer in that department. So that was it. Like, it went out the window. But I don't know. I had so much hope and mm -hmm. faith that my mom will be okay. I drove her to a local hospital. Actually, I went to Chicago, Cook County Hospital, which I give praise up to this day. They did a great job of taking care of my mom. They took her in. Um, checked or made sure they understood what was going on. And from there, through connections of social work and um, compassion, my mom got the best surgery. It was 16 hours long. But I must say, we were warned that she would not walk. If she comes out alive, she will not walk. The risks that you're told, uh, if she survives, she'll be among the 1% mm -hmm. that are able to walk. And so I... Think that when you're functioning on faith and adrenaline, you don't hear that. It's considered noise. You just are focused. Mm -hmm. And my focus was my mom is already 
gone through so many obstacles to get here. She's jumped over so many hurdles that I was positive she was going to be all right. Um, I had friends praying. I had a lot of support. Long story short, my mom had 16 hours long surgery through the throat. They call transoral surgery and then spinal. They flipped her and did the surgery. But after three months of therapy and everything, she came out shining. I must say, though, I well, kind of gave you, I, I sold maybe myself. where you get all of that <laughs> courage and optimism and all of that. So um, let's just talk briefly about the uh, African Nurses Network, and then we do have a caller I'd like to bring in. Okay. So I wanted to say that the compassion that I learned from my mom or the nurses that didn't know how, the doctors that took on our case, taught me that I can give that back whenever I get a chance, and that drew me more into nursing or healthcare. So um, after I was home, like I shared about creating the African Nurses Network, I knew that we needed to create a platform to support the underserved or the, our communities that are not privileged as much. Um, so I created a Facebook page overnight, um, added friends from my list, about 150. Um, they added friends of theirs, and by the end of the week, we were 500, and by the end of two weeks, we were like 800, and I thought, wow, it's growing. This is good, and this is in 2016, January, and um, after a month, we were 1,000. Huh. I knew since I could not impact everybody you know, in another continent or mm-hmm. something, we needed to do something within the metro in the States, in Minnesota, so I called about 10 friends. Actually, 12 of us got together over lunch. And we decided, okay, what are we going to do? How can we impact our communities positively? We shared stories. There was a lot of venting, immigrants and refugee nurses, stories that were similar, that we could relate. And it was kind of a nice space of Mm -hmm. um, comfort, passion, and optimism, like you call it. So we decided that we're going to launch the African Nurses Network. That was in April. Mm -hmm. And in June, we launched the first African Nurses Network over a dinner. And how many are in the network now? Um, We have about 1,500 nurses yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Now, is that just in Minnesota or is that countrywide? Or? There's other people in there that I believe are from other parts of okay. the uh, state. Mm-hmm. So, yes, there is other people. But locally, so our first dinner, we invited just local guests. We were targeting 50 members and we got 118. And then last year, we were targeting about 150 because we got 118 and we got 220. <laughs> So this year, we have well, been careful in July. We have invited about 250. Hopefully, we'll get 300. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be July 21st. So you're invited to yeah. come. Oh, I actually am thinking about how I can make that happen. Yeah. So uh, we have uh, someone on the line, uh, and I'm going to say Tete. Mm-hmm. He's Tay-tay. part of our network. Also. Okay, and he's part of the network, and um, we would love to hear your question. Yes, hi, uh, my name is Tete. Uh, I'm a founding member of the TEN organization. And I was just calling in, Elena. Uh, how are you hi, doing? Hi, Tete. Hi, Tete. Thank you for calling in. Yes. He's one of our mm-hmm. network members. So were you one of the original members? Yes. Okay. And so um, when you heard about this crazy woman that was uh, putting this out on the on Facebook, and, and what did you think? <laughs> oh, I said, great. I mean, I'm in. And, you know, she spoke to my mm-hmm. wife and uh, told me, I said, okay, I will be there. Okay. And I said it was really needed. And, yes, it was just the right yeah. thing to do. So how do you feel like it has helped? Um, do you have, like... Uh, stories of people that have been helped by um, the connections you have and the networking? 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, just, yeah, on that, uh, through our organization, I also just got uh, done tutoring at uh, a local school in Minnesota, helping other students, you know, so that's one way. And just uh, the network with uh, professionals, you know, give you tips and uh, how to go about uh, improving your skill set, uh, and other stuff like that, and just talking about our issues. Right. Is there anything you would like to share that would be um, uh, kind of an education for the people who um, don't know what they can do to help support you um, all coming from from Africa and welcoming you into uh, whatever organization they're on, you know, a lot of times people just feel like, oh, I'm, I'm shy. I don't know, you know, what they need, and I don't know how to talk to them. And, you know, do we have anything in common? And so maybe they kind of um, hold off and don't don't uh, welcome you in. Is there something that you think that nurses that are already working in an organization and then a new African nurse comes in that they could do to help make her her or him feel at home? Yes, I think uh, one thing that Lena always talk about that, you know, uh, my because of my accent, my brain does not have, you know, a functioning state. You know, that does not mean I have an accent. That means my brain has an accent. So mm-hmm. English is just another language. So just uh, allowing us to be ourselves and grow professionally that's very important and just uh, accepting us on a human level. As uh, as Lena is keenly aware of that, uh, we did uh, put together um, a workshop called Cultural Humility, you know, and just, uh, um, I mean, communicating with us where we are and we are, we are willing to learn, you know, just uh, try to understand that, you know, we are new, but we are willing to learn and just embrace us and, you don't want you just want to grow after everybody else. And tell me, tell, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for calling in. I really appreciate you doing that. And um, it's kind of exciting that um, you're one of the original people that were involved. Yes, he was. And his wife and other 12 people. Thank mm-hmm. you, Tete, for calling in. Okay, thank you. Yes. So, Say more about that humility. Yes. <clears throat> so um, in in looking at uh, challenges, the things we face, whether it's uh, a new environment, moving into a new environment, a new space, whether it's the anxiety of a new language or learning, for example, the Western Africa nurses um, speak French or the other parts of the world. Um, if you know that Africa was colonized by different uh, countries, so we have English speaking, French speaking, Portuguese, Dutch, um, depending on who took where. So having that variety of just different languages can be challenging um, when we um, here in the States. So learning that, and you know very well that nursing school is kind of a one size fits all. That was another thing we speak about all the time. They really don't cater to the immigrant nurse or that person who's learning uh, to provide extra resources. It's very general. One size fits all. So looking at all those challenges, or even just navigating the system, whether it's healthcare or education or whatever, um, we had disparities or like um, we we were less privileged is what I like to call it. So underserved. So finding 
resources or uh, finding ways that we can communicate to change and improve systems. Um, I was fortunate to be a smart student. As you know, I graduated as the outstanding student of the year from Metro. And I feel like that's an opportunity for me to say, okay, hey, what about the one who's not, who doesn't read as fast or who doesn't catch on as fast or who has to translate and change this, given I speak Swahili too. So sometimes I have to translate from my mother tongue's dialect to Swahili to English. It's a process. <laughs> the African Nurses Network's goal is to support these nurses by, first of all, recognizing them as professionals because they've passed. They're recognized by the state board that they've passed at INCLEX, but also uh, they have so much to offer given the opportunities. If you look closely in our um, systems, whether it's the hospitals or nursing homes or the schools, most immigrant nurses are not in leadership. They're not visible. Yet compassion, like I say, has no boundaries. It's global. We, we grow this. We know how to do this effortlessly. There are no nursing homes in Africa. We take care of our old in our homes. <laughs> so this is something that we can do very naturally. Clinical nursing, we are excellent. Leadership, there was a lot of them that were career changers. Mm -hmm. So they were already managers or engineers or leaders in their departments, but they're not given an opportunity to show those strengths. And I felt this was a platform to actually that is more than just venting and talking about what we go through, but actually bringing out the power or the expertise that these nurses bring. Um, we've had very good uh, positive reviews. I mean, as you know, even in the nursing homes, those residents are, are fabulous. They are very appreciative of the care that they even know, I think they regard most of those CNAs and LPNs as nurses as their family, because they see them often more than their own families. So they've built relationships. And most of the people are kind and very compassionate. And then if you move to the hospital, most of these immigrant nurses, even though they have an accent, like Tete was trying to speak, they communicate very well with their patients and they provide the best care. Mm -hmm. Most of the time you find that these nurses are actually um, recognized by their clients and patients and they get um, recognition from them more than the system itself or more than mm -hmm. the organizations that they work at. And that's very important for us at the African Nurses Network that we recognize excellence in education, which is our value, academics, excellence in our community and compassion, which is what we give, excellence in diversity, promoting that cultural awareness and um, bringing in like different values and acknowledging that cultures are all valuable at different levels. Um, also, um, the last one I believe is um, one of them is um, equity or bringing in like closing on disparities. So the African Nurses Network has nurses from all over. Um, Africa, as you know, is a continent, not a country. <laughs> So we don't speak the same language even in our network. We are all like, we have accents to each other. If I speak Swahili and I'm from Kenya, we are British speaking. So my accent is going to be more British than someone from the West or someone from the South. But we look at it as what brings us together. You know, um, we should be fascinated by our, we should, you know, we should be fascinated by our differences, but more focus on the common goal, which is our similarities. So bringing that together and then talking to the systems, to um, whether it's organizations or schools or, you know, different companies to see how can we work together mm -hmm. to allow our strengths to shine, to allow our, um, to bring out the best in our communities. I'm thinking that because you are so um, spread across the Twin Cities mm -hmm. and across the state, um, that you're able to do what 
um, your biology teacher did, you know, get you connected to other people. And I can see that as being just a tremendous help. That's kind of what's been happening with me since I've been doing this show is you talk to one person and they say, oh, you have to talk to these people or, you know, that person. And and then you talk to more and more and they're all saying, oh, you have to talk to this person. And you're like, okay. And I think that's the beauty of also social media. You Mm -hmm. must agree. Because you and I met through LinkedIn, right? Mm -hmm. So I thank God for social media because, um, as you know, that's, Facebook created this now that is a 501c3 nonprofit, but initially started as a Facebook group. Mm-hmm. And now we have a page and we have a website um, where people can go see what we do. Do you want which to is, say how they could get to that page? Yes. Um, so it's the African Nurses Network. Um, that's our name. And then our website is www.theafricannursesnetwork.org. Org, O-R-G. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can remember the initials, it's T as in the, yeah. um, uh, A, A as in African. And N. So yeah, T-A-N-N. Yeah. The African Nurses Network. So TAN. Right. Mm-hmm. With a double N. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so um, tell me, tell me uh, more. Are there other like amazing stories that you have heard that you could share or, um, well, one thing to mention the fact that your husband is also a nurse. Yes. So um, the funny thing is, like, most immigrants actually go into healthcare because healthcare doesn't discriminate as much on accents. It has its own issues. Mm-hmm. But I think we can give compassion, like I said, naturally. Or um, um, it's something that comes very effortlessly. Mm-hmm. So in that, you asked me about amazing stories. Um, the African Nurses Network has partners with schools like local schools and universities that have nursing programs. Like Rasmussen is one of them that we work closely with, um, with through uh, student forums or, or, or um, teaching and supporting those students because they have a lot of uh, immigrant students there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we work closely with the diversity program at the Maine, which is Metro State. So that means the nine campuses. Yes. Um, um, that kind of takes students from the RN two year to Metro, the BSN. Right. So we're working and closely together with. Do you them. know what it stands for? It's M A N. Yeah, it's Minnesota Alliance of Nursing Excellence. Right. Yeah. And that's all through Minnesota. Yes. Yeah, so Bloomingdale so, is in there. Yeah, yeah. So what they're doing is, I did have a another show that ah. was talking about this. Yeah. And uh, that is just so fascinating to me because they are, no matter where you enter into healthcare, anywhere in the state, they have similar, uh, 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 what do I want to say, learning that is set up so that you're all working in the same direction. So if you enter as a CNA, you can go to be an LPN, you can go to be a two-year RN, um, and then from there to BSN, MSN, and, and doctorate. Yeah. Um, and I just think that is so smart. It is That they're smart. collaborating. Otherwise, you could start somewhere and, and then, then go to another program and, and you have to start transfer. all over again. Yes, I agree. With whatever it is that, um, you know, that they yeah. uh, are working with. So I'm really proud of that. And I hope that there are more states in the country that are doing that. Yeah, yeah. So we work closely with companies just to implement change. And also it's just um, listening to the struggles of us or talking through um, what we've shared in forums. We try to meet monthly or bi-monthly to share what we're going through. We developed the culture humility workshop that Tete was talking about. Mm-hmm. The goal is to share really numbers, like, you know, data does not lie, using data that is credible. And then using our experiences to share our stories. Okay, so the the workshop is actually for 
other nurses from Minnesota. It's for everybody in the world. Yes. So everybody in the world. Yes. Whether but you're black, white, or brown. So basically, to give you the opportunity to, to dialogue together and to realize, oh my gosh, we have more in common than mm-hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, so um, I had another question there, and it yeah. disappeared. Oh. Oh, I know. I was I was asking about um, any other uh, stories that you know of of people who have joined the network. And what have they been able to accomplish maybe beyond what they had thought they were going to be able to do? Yes. So our goal right now, we are working to see how we can improve um, or support the CNAs and LPNs to become RNs. So we work closely actually with the Minnesota Nurses Association as well. I can plug that in for them because they've actually we presented our workshop there as well. Our goal is to um, make sure that relationships, uh, we can work cohesively together mm-hmm. in a nice environment, um, having those undiscussable um discussions in a comfortable way sure um so we use data like for example in looking at um um the nurses that have gone through that have been part of the network the african nurses network tan um through talking about leadership or assertiveness or learning the culture of america it's like eye contact means something here when in africa it's like when you look at your elders eye contact is disrespect it's rude. And that's where cultural humility comes in. Because in America, you want to look at me, so I believe that you're telling me the truth, right? You look at your patient. That's how we are taught. Okay. But in Africa, then it's like, um, that's disrespect. So things like that we discuss in cultural humility. Okay. So like, why is competency yeah. and sensitivity not enough? All those little things yeah. that can cause so many problems. We're right. going to go to break here, and uh, we will come back. And I want to invite uh, more people that have been involved in this network to give us the call in and uh, share with us what this has meant for you or how you might have been able to help somebody else also. Yes. So um, this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. I'm Leanne Meyer. I'm here with Lena Nyamwaye, and this program is called the African Nurses Network. Thank you. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Hi, this is Leanne Meyer, and this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm here today with uh, Lena Nyamwaye, and we're talking about the African Nurses Network. We got so involved, we forgot to go to break. So uh, we would like to talk a little bit now about the experiences of people who have been involved in this network. So if you um, have had some experience, please feel free to call in. Otherwise, I'm going to let uh, Lena tell us some of the stories she knows about. Okay. So in working with the students, we developed like a student forums to support students who are in nursing school. Uh, kind of giving those resources I spoke about that we did not have. Yes. Um, reaching out to the schools to see how they can work best to make them competent and more successful students. Um, so we've had students actually say that they've passed their NCLEX. I got more support through tutoring that um, uh, Tete was talking about. Um, we've had actually TAN tutors that support them um, to, like Mark and Tete are one of them in one of the schools. Um, so they say that they understand the material better. Mm-hmm. So they study better mm-hmm. and then they're getting good outcomes that way. We actually recently had an advisory board in one of the local with community partners of a school, of a university. And they said how they feel that the students who are supported by our forums are more assertive and at clinicals, they're more able to ask questions and mm-hmm. they're relating better. And to us, that's those are success stories. And that's what we want to see right. happen. And then with our nurses themselves, the ones who have gone through our forums or leadership um, um, sessions or like the monthly meetings, we have had two go into uh, leadership roles. Um, Jackie maybe might call in, but she's one of them that now is an assistant manager in a local hospital in Maple Grove. Oh, um, and um, hearing people just being more sort of going into teaching, we hear about nurses of color not being into faculty and stuff like that. So finding opportunities, you know, where they can also represent because when the students see it, they want to become it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a good space also they can share and kind of motivate students to say that we went through this. Yeah. If we did, you can as well. Yeah. So being an inspiration for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, too. Um, you've talked mostly about um, uh, people who have come to the United States and then going into nursing. Are there nursing programs also in Kenya? Yes. So that would be an opportunity also. They could go to school there, but then what would happen if they came here to right. be a nurse? Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity. And as we expand, we actually recently had our strategic talking about planning for the next years. Uh, as you know, you have to crawl before you walk. So we are doing really well as far as figuring out 
growing partnerships and how can we best support them. In our network, we have foreign, they, they call them foreign nurses, those nurses that studied outside the states and then came and did that foreign international inclex, which is different oh, from what we okay. did. I didn't realize there was yeah, a separate one. It is. So they've shared their struggles, but I think that would be a great resource if we had to expand it that way because they're already in the network. They have to probably just sit down and create a curriculum and a module that we can use to support those nurses. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, as an immigrant, um, people are very resilient and they're willing to work and support and give back because mm-hmm. they know what, what it means not to have. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not hard to figure out um, in that regard. So, yeah, I think it's exciting to see how people are so excited. I think that's one of the excited. things I love so much about the immigrants, whether mm-hmm. they're nurses or not, yeah. is that feeling that... Um, they want to give as well as receive. Yeah. And I think so many times, and you probably, maybe this is some of the things you complain about in your um, forums, but uh, I think people in the United States take it all for granted. They do. You know, that we have excellent uh, education, that we have excellent programs, that yeah. it's so easy. I, I know that white Americans, for sure, do not have any idea how much privilege they have just by being a white American. And that's something we just have to, you know, keep pushing a little bit so that they can understand it is different. Yes. And I think I love what you said about that coming from you, that as a nurse, you understand it. As a white nurse, you you understand that. And really, that was the goal of the Cultural Humility Workshop is to create those conversations to say, hey, data shows that these disparities exist. But as a human being on an individual individual level, Mm -hmm. what can we do to create a positive impact or make a difference? And like Martin Luther King says, my favorite quote is, you don't have to do great things. But you can do small things in a great way. And exactly. that's what we are doing. Um, you know, even just mentoring these nursing assistants, encouraging them to go into LPN and mm-hmm. eventually grow. You're, you're building their esteem. You're building the economic status and you're supporting like a big social network. Even the country. And then it all goes back. And it all goes back to the country. And it's a better world. world. Yes, I mean, it's, it's a wonderful positive network. Yes, yeah. That um, I don't think people realize if you have people who are not reaching their full potential, yes. then the country doesn't get it takes their that full burden. potential Thank either. you. Yes, yes, yes. so amazing to and me that that is not obvious. I, I agree. And, and I must say that even then, those nurses like yourself who are outside um, nursing or even the nurse practitioners, DNPs, being a preceptor for someone else, mm-hmm. guiding them through their journey. Right. You know, there's mentoring, there's preceptorship. And we do a lot of community forums for the youth as well. I recently spoke to about 30 youth on uh, public health mm-hmm. who can tell them about, you know, being like youth of color are 20, 20 million of the STDs in the United States are by them, you know, talking about things that matter, right. um, that are directly impact them mm-hmm. and drawing them into nursing to see hey there's a career over here mm-hmm. that we can help guide you into and it's so beautiful because yeah. you can impact a lot more people how much is the immigration stuff that's going on right now impacting um the flow of people being able to come as far as the flow of people coming i'm not sure because i have not researched that mm-hmm. but i can tell you in our network we have a lot of Liberian nurses Mm -hmm. that are going through the current DED that was expiring in um, March that Trump gave people a year. It's called DED, which is a temporary status that Mm -hmm. people got when they came here. It's different from TPS, which is temporary status, but it's kind of similar in a way that their time was not permanent in the States. But I don't know how 26 years is not permanent because that's a PhD graduate right there. 
So most of these nurses in our network are Liberian, especially the ones in the northwest suburbs where we live. And truly families were going to be separated and they're the suppliers or the providers of their families as breadwinners. I mean, people look at it as a piece of paper or like mm-hmm. a visa, mm-hmm. but it's bigger than that. Way it's bigger. economic support, it's family breakups, it's mental stress, it's a lot of strain. And literally all the nursing homes, especially here in the metro, are run by immigrant nurses. Mm-hmm. The CNAs and the nurses mm-hmm. are really yeah. the majority in there. So the impact is huge. Right. And I hope Minnesota speaks up for their families in support of those families as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know that um, we have two excellent senators. Um, so Tina Smith and uh, Amy, Amy um, Klobuchar. Mm-hmm. So you've already met them apparently mm-hmm. or have connected with them. Uh, they are absolutely wonderful in uh, the things they've been able to do to make things happen, to make mm-hmm. things happen quickly, mm-hmm. to really be able to hear and understand what people are saying. Um, I think that it takes like you and I meeting and being able to talk and find out all the connections we have. That is what takes away the fear of, you know, instead of, oh, that person over there that I don't know that's from a different country and I can't relate to them and whatever else. It's just talking, dialoguing and finding out we have so much more in common than not in common. Right, right. What um, in the last couple of minutes that we have left, what is the major message you would like to give to nurses everywhere? Um, I think I love your theme, which is once a nurse, always a nurse. Whether you retire or whatever, change careers, you're always going to be a nurse. So that's another thing we don't take lightly and for granted. I think nurses are very knowledgeable. Um, nurses are very um, caring, compassionate. Whether you're from, like you said, 20,000 miles away or from here, we can find a lot more to um in common than different. Um, I like to think about uh, nursing as universal, but culture as different. So why we developed that workshop is just that. As Leanne, I can take you right now to Nairobi or Australia, and you'll be able to do vitals and take care of your patients by looking at the data in front of you. Mm -hmm. The only thing you will not be able to do is not know who they are. Mm -hmm. And that's where those conversations come in, Mm -hmm. where you can actually speak to them and find out how can I help you today? What can Mm -hmm. I do for your pain? Mm -hmm. Or what helps you? How do you like your food? How do you like your bath? And things like that. Those are the cultural specifics that we all need to be humble enough to know it's a lifelong learning process that comes through conversations. So to other nurses, I would say um, develop humility when you're looking at culture, which is be open to learning. Competency that we were taught in nursing school is not enough because competency has a lot of generalizations about a culture. But otherwise, if you develop humility, then you're able to relate better, know people more, and serve your clients better. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I, I just, I think that uh, nursing, as you said, is one area where people already have a lot of compassion. But to be able to stay open, that there's not just one way to do something, that there are many, many, many ways to do the same thing. And that, in fact, we can learn from somebody else that there's a better way than what we even knew. Mm-hmm. And I've run into that myself, having to have humility about it. So we've come to the end of another program. I can't believe how this keeps happening, but um, this has been just a wonderful conversation for me to have you here. And um, 
uh, talking about the African Nurses Network. So, uh, Lena Nyamwaye, I want to really, really thank you for being here and sharing all of the knowledge. You are a wonderful spokesperson for your organization that you actually developed. Um, So, uh, yeah, so we are asking everybody to please share this with as many people as they can uh, so that uh, everyone can know uh, about this program and uh, let us know what other uh, possibilities that you'd like to see or hear on the program. Thank you for uh, being with us today and we will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.